Welcome, welcome all to yet another episode of your favorite podcast. Tyler, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking Mango Cart again. Still got that ah. pack rolling around in the fridge, so got to finish her off. There you go. And I'm still with the Cold Smoke Scotch Ale. Last one of that pack. So let's get going. Those are our brews. This is our banter. Welcome to Brews and Banter. So nope. this week is it's quite a big week for the English Premier League. Some big games. Yeah. So let's dive right into it. Um, Thursday, we got Fulham versus Chelsea. One team high, winning their last four games. And then you got another one who's not playing well at all and has only won one of their last five. Yeah, Chelsea had a pretty bad week playing Man City twice. Lost to him 1-0 in the league. Lost to him, was it 4-0 in the FA 4-0, yeah. And it could have been a lot more. So they're they're struggling, man. Hopefully they can get some of those injuries back. I did see Mason Mount play in that FA Cup game, so that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, he's coming back off injury, which is good to see. They got a bunch of signings. Yeah. Saw a couple of them in the FA Cup. I think Badashale might make a might make his first actual start on Thursday, but we'll see. And you got two old old dogs uh, in their the center back pairing. We'll see how how good their legs are this many games in a week. Yeah, this will definitely be a test for Chelsea because Fulham are playing well. I wouldn't be surprised if Fulham nabbed three points here. Which was going to bring me to my prediction. Does Willian come back to bite Chelsea in the butt? <laughs> Always love a good comeback story, don't you? <laughs> Even if it's quite a bit of time removed, yeah. Always love a comeback story. So my prediction for this game, I'm going to go 2-1 to one, Fulham Mitrovic getting a double. All right, I was going to say 1-0. For Fulham. 1-0. Fulham. Yep. Solid pick. All right. On Friday, we got Aston Villa versus Leeds. Villa, their last time out in the Premier League, tied Wolves 1-1. Leeds tied West Ham 2-2. This game could go any way. It really could. Uh, you know, this is a tough one to pick. Because Leeds, I feel like they're playing pretty well. They're just not quite getting the wins that they, I'm sure Jesse March feels they should be getting. But Aston yeah. Villa... No slouch either. Unai Emery's come in, and he's he's a well, co- well, very well known coach, and has done a pretty good job yeah. with Ashton Villa. Yeah, I mean Leeds are coming off the back of three straight draws. Uh, Villa have won twice and drawn once in their last five games. the The real question here is if Leeds can really pull anything together going forward. Well, they've Not been sure hitting they in some goals, so. Yeah, I, I don't know who to pick to win on that one. You know, Villa's playing at home. Yeah. So I, I almost want to say another draw. Another 1-1-2-2 one, one, two, two kind of scenario. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, uh, what it's looking like it's going to come down to. I think I'm going to go with the Villa win. Villa win, okay. Villa win. Very low scoring, so maybe like one nil. Yeah. Any predictions on who Defensive gets the goal? Take from Leeds. Who gets the goal? Yeah. I'm gonna go Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey. Okay, I thought you'd say yeah. Ollie Watkins, but can't always pick Ollie Watkins. <laughs> All right, Saturday, right off the bat, we have the well, one of the two big games of the weekend. We got the Manchester Derby at Old Trafford. United high off beating Bournemouth 3-0 and City high beating Chelsea twice 1-0 and 4-0. This game could really go either way. I I think it could. I'm I'm going to pick Man United to get one over on City on this one. The way Man United's been playing, they've been playing well. Marcus Rashford's high and flying right now, so I think I think United get the result here. Yeah, I I mean, United's just, they want to get redemption after that 6-3 loss earlier in the season. Holland's 
you know, in a bit of a gold drought at 90 minutes. Um, <laughs> I, I think you can't keep Holland out of the net, but I think Manchester United's in such good form right now, playing at home in front of their fans with the Derby. I, I have to agree with you. At least I'm praying for it. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go three to two. Marcus Ooh, three two. I don't think it'll great. be quite that high score. You know, I was thinking maybe a a one nil or two one. Well, I hope I hope for your sake that you're right. I hope I think for it, my sake I'm possibly right. I think in this game, I, Man United's goal will just be not to lose. So you might even see a KG affair where it's kind of a zero zero scenario. Yeah, it could also be you know United need to keep winning to stay in fourth. They go all guns blazing. City's really good at playing that, but United, they know how to play City on the counter. So, yeah, and then very interesting know, affair there. Kind of looking at City, they they need three points also. They're, yeah, they're five points off, so they they need they need three. A draw doesn't do it for them. Yeah, it's going to be a great game, and I personally can't wait to see it. It's always a feisty Speaking affair of, that Manchester derby. <laughs> always. Always a KG affair. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw at least one red card in that game. Speaking of KG affairs and games to watch, man, right back at it with this next game. We got Brighton, who's top form. They've scored nine goals in two games against Liverpool, who just they're off of a 3-1 loss to Brentford. How do you see this game going? Yeah, Brighton's only a point behind Liverpool in the table. I, I think this might be my my game for the weekend. I think this could be a good one. Lots of goals. Both of them like to score goals. Both of them necessarily aren't the best in defense. So I think we should, we could see a goal fest in this one. I It's definitely possible. With the form that Liverpool's in, the form that Brighton's in, being at Brighton, I have to go. I think Brighton's going to win this one. I think Matoma's going to get a couple. Is Brighton McAllister's on fire coming back from the World Cup? I I think Liverpool's defense is too leaky. I think Brighton wins this one. I'm gonna go with Liverpool on this one. I think okay. it's gonna be a fun, fun affair, three two, four three type scenario. And I'll go Liverpool. I think Darwin Nunez might come up with a couple goals. Who knows? Maybe even Cody Gagpo could get his first goal. Yeah. Very well he could. We'll we'll see. I again, Brighton nine goals in two games. They're on fire. I know right it's now. hard not to want to pick Brighton, man. They're they're a high flying team right now. The Seagulls. <laughs> there's nothing I would love to see more than Brighton getting into the European places at the end of the season. So, and if Brighton do win right, this game, they'll, we got, they'll be above Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, which would be craziness. Can't even fathom what that would be like. Next up, we got bottom of the table clash again for Southampton. They play Everton. Both teams don't look very good. Everton maybe has more firepower, but they certainly aren't showing it. No, this one's going to be a you know rele- relegation fight for sure. You got Everton yeah. who are you know they're sitting 18th place. That's they're in the relegation zone right now. Southampton are sitting in 20th place in the relegation zone. You know, if Southampton wins this game, they'll be tied on points then with Everton. But I think Everton will pull this one out. Yeah. Um, I Ultimately, at the end of the day, Frank Lampard's fighting for his job. Southampton, just they just can't. There's no luck going their way. They can't pull anything out of the hat. I don't think, barring some monumental errors from Everton, which we've seen, <laughs> we saw last yeah. week. Um, but I, yeah, I think Everton's got too much going forward for Southampton. Uh, I'm going for Calvin Phillips, Calvin Lewis. Sorry, Dominic Calvert Lewin. Calvert Lewin. Wow, I'm way off. Uh, yeah, Calvert Lewin and uh, Alexander Iwobi. We'll see. Iwobi just came off injured in that last game. He had to get stretchered well, off, so I don't think he'll be playing in this one. Well, maybe it'll take a miracle just like Everton winning this game. Um, <laughs> all right. Next, we got Nottingham Forest against Leicester City. Both of them, again, 
both of them in that relegation fight, I mean, Leicester shouldn't be there. Forest well, is. Well, what's crazy is if you look at the Premier League table, man, 13th to 20th are all basically fighting in this relegation zone. Yeah. So Leicester City are in 13th place on 17 points. And Everton, for example, are on 15 points in 18th place. So there's only a two-point gap there. Yeah, and there's only four point five points between Leicester City and Southampton. So And then yeah, and then also West Ham. Teams. West Ham in seventeenth place are also on fifteen points. So if West Ham wins yeah. this game, they'll go a point above Leicester City. So some got some relegation fights here this weekend, man. Oh wait, there is more. <laughs> there is. There is more. But as far as this game goes, you know, Jamie Vardy's just back from injury. If he can play in this game at full fitness, I I think Lester pulls this one out. I'm Forrest is coming off getting knocked out of the FA Cup. They this might will be a big Southampton, but Southampton's just that bad. Yeah, this will Lester, be a big game between enough. Forrest and Lester. They're they're tight on points right now, so both of them will want this win. Kind of like you said, I think Leicester have just a little bit more quality than Nottingham Forest, and I think Leicester will come away with the three points. Yeah, and speaking of relegation battle, and wait, there is still more. <laughs> we got Wolves against West Ham United. Both so, yeah, teams just... coming off a draw. Both teams have potential to be good going forward, but neither one can really get it going enough to keep the other team out of the net. So, who you got? So, I don't know, just kind of put this one into perspective. So, you got Wolves who are sitting in 19th place on 14 points. And then, as I mentioned, West Ham are in 17th place on 15 points. There's only a point splitting them. This is going to be a tough one. I think Wolves might pull this one out. They're playing at the Molyneux. So, they're playing at Wolves' home stadium. You know, if West Ham loses this game... Does David Moyes lose his job? That's a fantastic question, Targo. And, you know, I'm going to have to save that for later on in the show. <laughs> okay. To be continued then. <laughs> yes. All right. Last on sat- Saturday, we got Brentford against Bournemouth. Two former cellar dwellers. Now Brentford's on fire. Coming off a huge win against Liverpool. Bournemouth lost to United 3-0. I don't I don't see this going well for Bournemouth. How about you? Yeah, I mean, Brentford sitting in ninth place on 26 points. Bournemouth in 16th place, 16 points. So there's a 10-point gap there. Man, I don't know what's going on with Bournemouth. I was I was on the Bournemouth train before the World Cup. They were playing well, getting wins. And since the World Cup, they have looked very bad. They have not been playing well they've been losing a lot of games they just got knocked out of the fa cup by southampton where those goals that they conceded were self-inflicted wounds where they just gave the ball away or made terrible mistakes so you're you're not wrong bournemouth are in a free fall right now and i think brentford just pile on it yeah i think i think brentford's on such a high right now especially after beating liverpool 3-1 Ivan Tony might be coming back for this game. Even without him, I think they have more than enough to beat Bournemouth. This is at Brentford. I, yeah, I, I would go with maybe three, four nil. I think, yeah, I think Brentford have only right now. I think Brentford have only lost one home game as well. Yeah. So yeah, I think it could be a rough outing for Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, especially if Ivan Tony comes back, I don't, I don't think Bournemouth stands any chance in this game. But that's the beauty of the Premier League. Never know. Any team can show up and beat anybody on any given day. Watch, we're wrong, and Bournemouth comes and brings ben Brentford down back to earth after beating Liverpool. <laughs> right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. On Sunday, Chelsea after playing on Thursday, just having a boatload of games this week. They play Crystal Palace, who also are in a free fall. 
they're not as bad. They're sitting in 12th place on 22 points. So between them and 13th place, there's a five point gap. And then, then it gets real close. So they're not, they're not hurting too bad. Patrick Vieira got a good start to the season. So they're not in any relegation fight. And I think he might be wanting to capitalize also this form Chelsea's in. We'll see if Chelsea can get some new signings in by this Sunday. That'll be, it'll be tough. We'll talk yeah, about those transfers to kind of to, today or tomorrow, pretty much. But I think Chelsea might be able to turn this around. It's at Stanford Bridge. We'll see. I think it's going to be a tough one. You never know with what Crystal Palace team you're going to get. Sometimes they play yeah. real well, and sometimes they don't. Right. Yeah, I know this Crystal Palace team. I mean, they have potential all over the pitch. I think this one's going to end in a draw. I can't put anything between them. Chelsea just aren't good right now. And unless they get a couple of attacking signings before the weekend, I I don't see them having enough going forward. I'm going to go with a nil-nil draw. It's not a bad prediction. I was I was thinking a draw myself. Next up, we got Two high-flying teams, both in black and white. You got Newcastle United against Fulham. Newcastle had a pretty great game against Arsenal. I'm not going to lie, and I hate to say it. And Fulham, you know, they're on a high. They play Chelsea midweek, depending on how that result goes. I think Newcastle probably has this one, but I wouldn't be surprised if it ended pretty close. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, it's... It's at it's in Tyneside at Newcastle's home stadium. So I almost want to give it to them. I think they'll I think this could be a pretty open game. But I think Newcastle yeah. probably probably just about come away with it. I mean, if Newcastle pull this one out, I think it'll be somewhere around the lines of 1-0. I it's just if Fulham has enough to break that Newcastle back line, they're just so good. And got Mitrovic up there, man. He's he's flying high right now. Yeah, and you have a Newcastle team that has barely let any goals in this season. I mean, two of their, what, 11 goals came against City? It's hard enough to keep them out. I just, after keeping Arsenal scoreless, I think they're on a high. I think that defense just shuts down Fulham. Yeah, they got a great defense right now, best of the, in the season. So, yeah. they might not be wrong there. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have definitely not predicted that at the beginning of the season. But you know, Newcastle, what a job Eddie Howe has done there. If he gets them into Champions League places. I mean, he might be my pick for manager of the season. Oh, you'd have to be. Unless, Unless a certain Spaniard leads uh, the Gunners to a first place finish, then I don't know. That'd be a tough one. Speaking of that Spaniard, North London Derby on Sunday at Tottenham Stadium. We have Arsenal against Tottenham Hotspurs. Spurs are off a high beating Palace 4-0. Kane and Son, they're back on their game. It's a great time for them to play Arsenal if they're in form. Also a bad time for them to play Arsenal because Arsenal is pissed about that Newcastle game. Yeah, this will be an interesting one. You know, I know you mentioned Tottenham are kind of flying high right now, but they're, the way they start games, they don't look good in the last few games that they when they start. It, it takes them a while to wake up and to get into the game. Versus on the other side, Arsenal come out flying at the beginning of games. And so if Newcastle, if Tottenham want to survive that game, they'll have to play well at the beginning and keep stay in it. Otherwise, they, they could get blown out right there at the beginning, the way Arsenal start games. You saw it against Liverpool. They came out quick and scored against Liverpool. So we'll see how Tottenham do. They've been a second-half team so far this season. As as, uh, we know, they've been conceding goals first quite a bit. And you can't do that and win games all the time. No, and Arsenal have the best record in the league in the first half. They've scored the majority of their goals in the first half. Granted, I know they scored three against West Ham. 
in the second half. I think Tottenham's slow starts come back to haunt them. Arsenal is going to want to just tear this Tottenham side apart and show that they have the title credentials this season. Especially if City drop points against Man United. I think Arsenal just goes all out in this game. I mean, they're they're so good going forward, and Newcastle, or, uh, Tottenham is so bad on defense. I just I don't see any way that Tottenham keeps them out of the goal. No, I don't think they will. Yeah, it'll be all on Arsenal's defense if they can stop Son and Kane. I think Harry Kane gets one, but Arsenal gets three. <laughs> Harry three Kane one. always gets one against Arsenal. It's it's like death and taxes, and Harry Kane will score a goal against Arsenal, usually a PK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, same with death and taxes and Tottenham to always finish below Arsenal. <laughs> Has it been? Day is coming soon, my friends. Yeah, it hasn't been like that in recent years. And then, you know, there's always that bugaboo of history. Arsenal haven't won away at Tottenham in a long time. So Tottenham yeah, has Arsenal history on their side for this one. For this long in a long time either. <clears throat> not wrong, not wrong. And Tottenham is not playing well right now. Speaking of Tottenham, they play again on Thursday in what might be the worst two games back-to-back you could play in the Premier League. Arsenal on Sunday, Manchester City on Thursday. <sighs> is, that, is that Manchester City at the Etihad? <laughs> I mean, I don't see how Tottenham pulls that one out. I don't know. But Tottenham they've seems had to... good luck against City. They really have. That's what I was going to say. Tottenham seemed to be Tottenham seemed to be Manchester City's kind of bugaboo team. You don't really expect them to win, and they always pull one out. Well, it might be the only game of the season that I actually root for Tottenham. <laughs> I, won't I was just say about it. to say, I the one time you root the for words support them. Uh, but I, w- I will surely be rooting for them in that game. I think this game all depends on what happens in the weekend. If City beat Manchester United, I don't see how Tottenham beats them. However, if Manchester City loses, they're going to be real vulnerable. It's going to be up to Tottenham to stop uh, angry Erling Holland, or at least get him enough cards to get him sent off. I would hate to be that defender trying to stop a mad Erling Holland. <laughs> yeah, I mean Christian Romero coming off a World Cup win, having to play against. Arsenal, and then Erling Holland winning a World Cup, going back, potentially being, well, I guess they would stay fifth, no matter what the results hold. But, <laughs> yeah, a team that's not going to win any trophies this season. We'll see. I'm hoping they can pull it off. Come on, yeah. come on, Spurs, beat Man City on Thursday. I'm not going to say that out loud, but I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> I'll say it for you. I just said it for you then. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I might have to go wash my mouth out of, with soap if I did that. <laughs> well, let me, um, let me okay. get a drink of beer first. Yeah, well, that would ruin my beer. It wouldn't taste the same. <laughs> All right. Other notable games this week. Going to Italy, we got Napoli versus Juventus. Big game. Big game. Napoli... Playing Inter Milan last week, they got to go now and play Juventus in a seven-day span. Big, big, big week for them, especially with Juventus hot on their tails now after losing to Inter Milan last week. Yeah, so Napoli's sitting in first place on 44 points. Juventus sitting in second place on 37 points. So tied on points with Milan, who are in third. So Juve, they could see this as a chance to sort of crawl back into that race. Yeah, for all the the you know, talk about Juventus falling apart this season, they're keeping that they're forming the league very well. I personally I don't I don't know if Juve can keep Napoli out of the net. Uh that Nigerian man like, Victor Osimhen. Yeah. 
I was just going to say that Victor Osman, he, man, he's a lightning bolt in the bottle. He's looking we'll real see. good this year. Yeah, he looks very good this year. Napoli going forward looked really good. But as we know in the Serie A, especially at the top of the table, anything can happen. Yeah, it's tough to count out the old lady, as they call Juve. I yep. think I think Napoli get the result, though. I think they I do. I do, too. They're at home. Juventus is, you know, you never know which team is going to show up. Napoli, we do know which team is going to show up every single week, as they've shown, except for against Inter. Yeah, I think they got too much for Juve on this one. Count that one as shaking the cobwebs off after the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that one. Now they're, they're right. back to winning ways now since then. They beat us. Saturday, Sampdoria. we got Le- Lecce versus Milan. Inter against Verona. And then probably the biggest game in Italy on Saturday, we got Roma versus Fiorentina. Yeah, some good games in Italy, so make sure to check those out. Yeah, definitely. I think you said they're on right. ESPN Plus? Yeah. Or is it Paramount? Uh, no, Paramount Plus for all Serie A games. Uh, La Liga, which is we're going to talk about next, they're on ESPN Plus. All right. Speaking of which, all Premier League games are on Peacock or USA or NBC. All right, La Liga. Tyler, I didn't do a lot of looking into these games. I do know that the Supercopa is coming up this week in Saudi Arabia. I know that Real Madrid plays Valencia and Barcelona plays Real Betis. Winner of that those games play in the final on Sunday, which means none of them will be playing in La Liga this weekend. What's your game to watch? So Almeria versus Atletico Madrid. Tell me about is it. Is the one I have pick to watch we'll see if atletico can bounce back to any ways after their loss to barca and then obviously uh in the news we've heard recently is the transfer rumors surrounding joe felix we'll see if he's still in the atletico squad when this game plays yeah i i think if he's not then he's certainly going somewhere yeah yeah he might be gone even before then (laughs) yeah uh, and then we were talking about this earlier. You got, you were talking about a big game in Portugal, Benfica against Sporting Lisbon. There's a ton of history there. Yeah, Benfica, they're sitting in first place on 40 points. Sporting having a little bit of a slow season. They're in fourth place on 28, so they're a good 12 points behind them. So I, I expect Benfica to come out with this win. There, it looks like they're. Not running away too far with this league, but they're six points above second place, Braga. But still just a, you know, kind of a classic fixture that you always like to keep your eye on. Yeah. Two more well-known teams in Portugal. Yeah, and uh, a player to keep an eye on is if Enzo Fernandez is back in the squad for Benfica or if he ends up going somewhere else. He's been out the last couple of games with rumors to Chelsea. Does he force a move through? We'll see. Yeah, we'll find out. All right. Uh, For those of you who love English Premier League soccer, Saturday is the return of the WSL, which is the women's alternative of the English Premier League. They resume play on Saturday from their Christmas break. Their games are on Peacock as well. Sunday again, a Spanish Supercopa final. USA women's national team play World Cup host New Zealand on Tuesday the 17th. And then on the 18th next week, we got the Italian Supercopa and the Milan Derby. Should be an interesting one. All right. It's always a feisty affair as well, that Milan Derby. Always, no matter where and when it is, it's always feisty especially when you got two teams sharing the same stadium. Yeah. No game there between those two teams. Seems like a home game. Good old San Siro. All right. Switching gears a little bit back to the Premier League. There's a bunch of coaches on the hot seat right now. I'd like to kind of dive in into who we think is going to be the next one on the chopping block. Quite a few teams here and quite a few coaches. 
Where do you want to start, Tyler? You want to start bottom of the table or top of the table? Let's start at the bottom of the table. All right. Nathan Jones of Southampton, he was appointed in November. He's only been there a couple of months, but, I mean, he's only won two games. Yeah. Yeah, they're sitting in last place. Like you said, he's only been there a couple months. He's only had six games to manage. And he's won two and lost four, so... Not looking they're good they're not in a good position right now, and Southampton may be looking to move on to a more experienced coach to help in this relegation fight. Yeah, maybe a uh, relegation aficionado and Sam Allardyce. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Sam Allardyce. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's been out of the Premier League too long. I mean, get him back. Bring him back. Need Big Sam, huh? Yeah. I love me some Big Sam. All right, next up, probably the most high-profile or close to in the bottom of the table, David Moyes of West Ham. Man, fall from grace. Last year they finished sixth. Sorry, seventh last year, and the year before they finished sixth above Arsenal. They're in 17th right now and can't buy a win. What's going on? No, that's a tough one because, you know, David Moyes has been there for a few years. Like like you said, he's he was appointed in 2017. In that first season, he had them finish in 13th and then 10th then 16th kind of back down. But then they finish in 6th, 7th. I think he's still the right man for the job. I know he's in the hot seat. And if results don't start going his way, he he really will be probably out of a job here soon. I'd almost say give him till the end of this month. If, See what he can do, if he can get some wins. Because he th- their schedule coming up, you know, like who's it? They play Leeds coming up, so that's a winnable game for West Ham. If it is Leeds, let me look real quick. Yeah, I mean the next game's against Wolves. It might decide. Wolves. It so might decide Wolves. who. I mean, if he's going to be on for much longer. I mean that's a winnable game, so they they need to start winning those games that they should be winning, which is a Wolves. So Yeah, I mean, their next next two games are against relegation teams. They got Wolves this weekend and Everton next weekend. So, yeah, if, if, if he doesn't come away with six points from those, then, yeah, he, I would say his head's on the chopping block. Yeah, I mean, he needs at least one win between those two games. A draw might not do him any favors, but... You know, if he wins one of those games, it'll at least buy him some time to the end of February. They got a tough schedule to play Newcastle, Chelsea, Tottenham, and then Nottingham Forest in February. So if they don't get points now, I don't see it getting any better for him. No. All right. Next up, we got probably the most high-profile coach in the drop zone. We got Brendan Rodgers for Leicester City. I mean, Brendan well, Rodgers quite is, in the drop zone yet. They're sitting in thirteenth. I mean, they're right points, there, but they're fighting. Yeah, they're right they're fighting. there. Um, I mean, he's been there. What seems like ages. Um, I mean, he finished so, fifth with them two years in a row. Finished eighth last year. What What is going on? That team's got so many options going forward. Yeah, but I think they're kind of aging options in Jamie Vardy. Yeah. I mean, they still got players like, you know, Pat Sandaka. They got James Madison, Yuri Tielemans. I mean, these are world-class players. Yeah, Madison's been hurt here the past while, so he hasn't played. So I think that's definitely hurting their, their results. Like you say, Tielemans, you know, I don't think he wants to stay at Leicester, so he's probably looking for a move out, but he needs to start start playing like how he used to, to keep this team going in the Premier League. I don't think he's quite on the hot seat yet. Again, I think maybe after another couple months, if the results aren't going their way, then they they do look to replace Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't see Brendan Rodgers getting fired from them. I mean, their form has been abysmal. Their defense has been even worse. but. I, yeah, I don't see Brennan Rodgers getting fired. 
anytime soon. I mean, they got they played Nottingham Forest after Newcastle this weekend. And they got a tough February, so I don't. I mean, they play Villa, Tottenham, Manchester United, and Arsenal in February. I yeah, think gonna if be they don't February. get at least six points between now and the end of February, he's looking at the chopping block. Yep. All right. Uh, all right. Frank Lampard. I mean, he was appointed not very long ago. No, hasn't even like, been there quite a year yet. Yeah. Um, they are not playing well. Nope. I, they, their football doesn't look very good. They have so many good players in their team. I mean, they're coming off spending over the last three years. What is it like 200 million, maybe more. They've spent quite a bit of money. They had a lot of flops too, man. That Moise Keane signing didn't work out for them. Yeah. They spent quite a bit of money on a Wobi. Definitely think they overpaid for him. Yeah. I but mean, at least a Wobi's been producing like a little bit. One that's gonna pan out i would say i mean he's looking like their best player this season calvert lewin he can't put the ball in the net right now but i mean their defense i honestly off the top of my head i probably couldn't tell you anyone that plays in their defense right now maybe Shane uh yeri mina yeri mina old oh who's that defender he played for burnley can't remember that defender's name and then they have that other defender they got from manchester united keen yeah michael keen michael keen and mason holgate james no it's tarkin i think uh seamus coleman ben godfrey tarkovsky that's who it is yeah they have tarkovsky from they got him from burnley yeah but i mean they got players like adresa gay Hasn't been playing um, well. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Damari Gray, Alex Wobi, Neil Mope. I would say Damari Gray has been their one bright spark this season. Yeah, I, I would say so too. But In these I past mean, couple games. I mean, they've already lost nine games, drawn six, and won three in the Premier League. I, I think... If they lose this weekend to Southampton, I think he's gone. I was going to say, I think Frank Lampard is the manager most on the hot plate right now. Yeah. Because they're sitting in 18th place. You know, when he took over last year, he did get him up to 16th place. But that's just not what you expect from Everton Football Club. And I think no. they would be the ones to most likely bring in a Sam Allardyce to come right that ship. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, at this I mean, point, I, can, was I that, think at this point they're not worried about playing beautiful football. They're worried about staying in the Premier League. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I know you picked them to go down. Am I correct on that one? Um, yeah. I, I think they have enough to stay up. Is Frank Lampard the coach to do so? Probably not. Honestly, no. He, I don't think he is. They're talking Wayne Rooney being their next coach. Don't think he'd Wayne be any Rooney better. He did but... great things at Derby. I, I think it's possible. I don't think he would be a good we'll, fit. We'll see. Um, yeah, he's in the, the MLS who... right now at DC United. Yeah, yeah, DC yeah. United. Um, next up, we got the guy who seems to just go wherever he wants on his own dime. Uh, Antonio Conte for Spurs. I mean, they're not doing bad. They're in fifth place. However. I mean, they've already lost five games this season. That's a lot for this point. Yeah, I think, honestly, he might be the manager second most on the chopping block. I know Spurs fans aren't too happy with him. And if there's any Spurs fans listening, please let us know. What are your thoughts on Antonio Conte? How do you feel having him as your manager? I think, you know, the slow starts to games aren't very very productive for that team. They They take a long time to get going. And yes, they're in fifth place, but I know a lot of fans are upset by the style of football they're playing. And sometimes that matters for bigger clubs. You want you want to enjoy watching your team, not just having them sit back and play defense against some of these other teams. You want to go out there and kind of step toe-to-toe with 
you know, the man cities of and Liverpool's of these leagues. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think Antonio Conte is a great coach. It was the caliber of coach that Spurs kind of needed at the time. However, his style of football, it doesn't match with the the club and the way that they want to go. I don't think Antonio Conte gets fired. I think he will sooner leave on his own accord than get fired at that club. If he doesn't feel wanted or doesn't feel the project's going the way he wants, he'll just leave. We saw it at Inter. He, he's more than happy to just leave, even no matter how many trophies he's won. Yeah, he's only been there, what is it, just a little over a year now. I and mean, he took him mm-hmm. to a fourth place finish last year, so they were playing Champions League football. Yeah. Um, I mean, time will tell with Antonio Conte. He's got a lot more breathing space than a lot, all these other coaches. I agree. Yeah, he does have some breathing space, but I, I just think it's the fans that are upset with him more than anything. Yeah, yeah. and But I know, could be wrong, so like I said, if there's any Spurs fans listening, let me know. Yeah, let us know, and I promise How do you feel about Antonio listen. Conte? <laughs> yeah, I promise we will listen. Bottom of my heart, uh, rooting for you guys on Thursday. Anyways, <laughs> next up, probably the most controversial hire of the season, now on the hot plate, chopping block, whatever you want to call it, Graham Potter for Chelsea. I mean, they're just as close to the drop zone as they are the Champions League. They're in 10th right now, sitting amongst teams like Aston Villa, Brentford. I mean, they got Fulham, Brighton, and Brentford all ahead of them right now. They looked abysmal in their last two games. Is it going to get better for them? I don't I don't know if it can. Yeah, but I don't think you let Graham Potter go. He hasn't had any time to bring in his players to kind of implement the system he wants to do. So I think you got to keep him around and kind of just ride out this storm. Maybe call this kind of season a wash and think of it as a rebuilding year. At what point do you think he is seriously considered to be fired? I think after a year. Got to give him at least you're a year at this job. You're going to give him I know that that's usually not the Chelsea way. <laughs> I mean, if they if they obviously keep dropping, like you say, they're in tenth place. So if they keep dropping back down, then maybe. But I mean, who who do you get that could possibly bring this Chelsea squad up anymore? I mean, they're hurting on injuries. Can't blame him on that one. No. I mean he he has players that he didn't bring in. You know, you think of Aubameyang, who could probably be one of the worst signings of the season. It's he not like he went out and got him. For worse. Yeah. So I mean, he's stuck with another coach's players and he's going to get the blame for them playing poorly. (laughs) I know that's the life of a football manager, but you kind of feel for the guy. 100%. And honestly, it's really going to be more. Do Chelsea stick with what they've been known for in recent seasons, which is when they start struggling, they just fire their coach. Or are they going to do more of, I hate to use Arsenal as an example, but. Mikel Arteta went through this. They're going to stick by their coach and trust the process, let him get his players in, and potentially, you know, do much better. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget Arteta didn't have the best first couple seasons. I mean, yeah, he got an FA Cup, which was great. But you're looking at some, like, eighth and sixth place finishes. So I think that could be this season for Chelsea. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I mean, United went through it recently. Arsenal's gone through it recently. Spurs, I mean, that's usually where they hang out until recently. Uh, Yeah, I I think they probably, I think Todd Bowley will probably pull a fast one like he did with Thomas Tuchel. The fans are already turning on Graham Potter. I think if he doesn't pick up, you know, they got Fulham, Palace, Liverpool, Fulham, West Ham before the Champions League starts. I think if they end the month of February uh, still in 10th place or lower, I think he's gone. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say 
I would argue that some Chelsea fans have would give him still a chance and not be asking for his head. I'm sure there's some that are already asking for him to be gone. But again, I don't, I don't think it matters what kind of manager you bring in. I think he'd be in the same situation. Yeah. I mean, only reason I say the fans are turning on him is because they did start to chant Thomas Tuchel's name against Man City on Sunday. And I don't, you know, I, I guess I, I kind of understand the banter of it, but I mean, also, I don't know why they would chant that. It's not like Grand Potter, like I said, brought in these players. He's got to field the players he thinks are best for the job. And, yeah. you know, obviously, if you're playing a great team like Manchester City in the FA Cup, so he gives some of his young players a chance to play and who are hungry for game time versus, you know, maybe an Aubameyang who <laughs> probably isn't kind of in the twilight of his career. Yeah. I mean, as a Arsenal fans, we saw it there, the kind of struggles of Aubameyang. So I yeah, think they're being a little harsh calling season. for him already. I, like I say, give him a year, give him till the end of this year. Now, obviously, things are getting real bad for Chelsea, and, you know, they start seeing themselves down in a 15th place kind of scenario, then maybe. But otherwise, I... I don't think they will go down that far. I think they'll kind of bounce back. They'll probably go on a little run here, get, win a few games once some of their players start coming back from injury. And and hopefully, you yeah. know, I'm guessing their goal right now is to get a Europa League finish. Yeah, I mean, they they still have a chance to finish in the Champions League places. Granted, they would, I mean, at this point, probably have to win the Champions League. But at least they still have that going for them. So... <laughs> Play Borussia Dortmund. They got some time to get some form going before the 15th of February. Yeah. And time will tell with Dortmund Graham Potter. Or- I think he's got time to get some signings in. Certainly has the checkbook for it. See if they make a big enough difference. So those are the coaches on the chopping block. Let us know who you think is going to go first. Um, see who you guys think stands the best chance of staying as coach and might turn this all around. Let us know. All right, Targo. We got our top transfer rumors of the week. Yeah. Now, I know there's a lot of noise out there about a lot of players. Let's go with our top three or four. Uh, for right now. Sounds good. All right. Um, I'm going to go with the most recent one, which isn't really a rumor. Uh, the breakdown of negotiations between Benfica and Chelsea for Enzo Fernandez. Benfica wants all the money up front. Chelsea wants to pay in installments. Benfica's holding a hard line. They don't want to sell him. You think this deal gets done? No, not in January. I, I don't think this deal gets done at all, personally. Yeah, I think too much money. He stays at Benfica. I think Chelsea look elsewhere. Maybe put their eggs in the Jude Bellingham basket. I don't know, but I think this one's done and dusted. I think Todd Bowley's smarter than to pay 120 million upfront for someone and risk FIFA fair play sanctions if they want to sign anybody else. Yeah, that's a that's a big risk for a young player who's never played in the Premier League. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next up, I mean, this one's been circulating for years. It really but has. Now that Tottenham aren't doing so hot, United need a striker more than ever. Harry Kane to Manchester United. It's back on the transfer rumors. The rumor that won't is die. Harry Kane ever going to leave Tottenham? He should. I mean, no disrespect to Tottenham or their fans, but he's been a loyal servant for for Spurs for a long time, and you know it might feel like a betrayal. We've felt it ourselves. Robin Van Persie leaving Arsenal to Manchester United, but he went and got his trophy and. There you go. I mean, I think Harry Kane's definitely a player that deserves to be to to be competing on trophy fronts in the Champions League and for the Premier League title. Yeah. And I think he would be a great signing for Man United and could push him to those kinds of levels. Yeah, I think adding someone like a Harry Kane pushes 
Manchester United to title challengers at this point. It really, I think Especially it does with too. The way that the rest of the squad is playing, I, I don't know. I think if I'm Harry Kane, I look to go internationally. And I've you've been with Tottenham for so long. You love the the club. Don't go to someone who's directly competing for them with them for trophies. I think he'll go somewhere else in Europe. I don't think he's going to go to a Manchester United, a Manchester City, any of those clubs. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. I think he what he does have too much loyalty to that Tottenham fan base and to that club to go join a rival. Yeah. And I mean good on Tottenham and good on Harry Kane. I mean it's so hard to find nowadays in any sport that sort yeah. of loyalty toward the club, toward the fan base. All right, last but not least, this one's almost done and dusted. According to Fabrizio Romano, we got Jao Felix to Chelsea on a six-month loan deal for $11 million up front, plus $6 million in wages, plus $3 million in tax. Tyler, is this a good deal for Chelsea? I don't know. That's a lot of money for a loan, six-month loan. And, you know, you look at Jao Felix coming into Chelsea, I, I don't know if it's enough. That's my that's my worry. They're putting a lot of money on a loan player, and I don't think it's enough. I mean, you can kind of play along all three lines there. So I don't. We'll see, man. That one's. I hope he improves Chelsea. I think you know he's a great player, but I don't think it salvages Chelsea's season too much. I think they go need to get someone else as well. Yeah, and then I think they could kind of start to salvage their season and start looking at Champions League and Europa League places. But they need goals. Yeah. I I mean, he fills a hole at Chelsea. I would go with it's not the hole that you need to fix right now. Um, That's one of many holes. (laughs) It's an awful lot for six-month loan with no obligation to buy. Apparently, Jao Felix chose Chelsea and said he liked the project. Makes no sense to me since Arsenal and Manchester United were in for him. Their projects look much more attractive than Chelsea's does right now. Yeah, honestly, I thought he would have gone to a Man United over at Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, Manchester United apparently had put in a bid. It was below what Atletico wanted. Arsenal were in there too. Granted, they want to finish the Mihailo Mudrik deal. I think, honestly, the frame and playing style of Jao Felix mixed with the playing style of Chelsea, I personally don't think it's a good fit. He might take six months just to get used to the Premier League. It's a risk for sure on a you know a young player who's never played in the Premier League and spent a lot of money on that risk. And Yeah. But those are my top three. Cargo, what you got for me? So one that I saw recently was N'Golo Conte to Barcelona. As we know, Barcelona have been looking at players who are at a contract here, getting them on the free, and that's N'Golo Conte. He's at a contract in the summer. I think he would be a snag for Barca for an aging Busquets. Yeah. Now, N'Golo Conte isn't, you know, a spring chicken himself. He's 31, but I think it, it plugs that gap there pretty, for at least the next couple years for Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, as good of a player as N'Golo Conte is, I mean, he's essentially been out injured the last year and a half. He has been out injured quite a bit, yeah. I I think because that man has put so many miles on his body, a move to Spain, yes, it would be great for him. I do agree that it would be a great fit for Barcelona, but with the amount of players that Barcelona have that they need to offload before they can even register someone, let alone sign any new contracts to their young players. I don't see this one happening bar a fire sale at, at Barcelona. He's on a free. So that's, I think what, why I think this will happen. We'll see here over the summer. We'll see. I mean, Barcelona have signed players before, before they can afford them. Saw that last summer. Could very well happen this summer. N'Golo Conte would be a healthy N'Golo Conte would be a great pickup for them. Yeah. So my other rumor is uh, 
Regarding Manchester United, it's Wout Weghorst to Man United, the Dutch forward. Yeah. Might remember he scored that equalizing goal against Argentina in the World Cup off that free kick that basically came out of a FIFA video game. (laughs) (laughs) But he's being linked to Manchester United now. That's that's an interesting one, man. I'm curious as a Man United fan, people out there who are Man United fans, how you feel about being linked from Jao Felix to Weghorst? Right. This, this, I think that, this smells- I mean, that's a drop in quality. And it's for me, I mean, they're totally two different players though. So yeah, 100%. you know, I think there's a, what, like a foot, a foot difference there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe He's a big tall stone. striker, you know, someone you can aim for in the box versus a Joe Felix. But, but I mean, the way United play, it's not necessarily a downgrade. It feels a hole. He's one of those players. A, you bring the ball down the wing, chip it in. Unless you got someone taller than him, he's going to win that header every time. I mean, I, I think he's nothing more than a bench player coming off, coming on the last few minutes. So, like you say, if they're behind yeah. by a goal to try to get a head, in, head goal in. But I, I don't see him as being a, a long-term solution or someone that really improves that Manchester United squad. No, I think this is just a stopgap until the summer, but it definitely gives them something different that they don't have. That's true. I mean, That's a good he's point. He's been on fire in Turkey this season playing for Besiktas. I mean, I know he's owned by Burnley. He's on loan right now. So if United can figure out the logistics of getting him to Manchester, I personally, I don't think it's a bad pickup if it's just on a short-term loan and you're not paying much for him. Yeah. But... Again, like I said, I'm curious from United fans how you feel about being linked to Joe Felix and now Veghorst. Uh My other transfer rumor here that I found was Leandro Trussard to Spurs. He's entering the last six months of his contract, so I hear Spurs are looking at him. He's obviously put in some great performances for Brighton Hove Albion in the Premier League. And if Spurs can get that, I think he'd be a great signing. The only thing is, I don't think he's a starter for Spurs. So I think he's definitely more of a coming off the bench type of player. So it definitely yeah. adds depth to that definitely. Tottenham squad. And it, honestly, if you can get a player at that quality for for free coming up in the summer, then I think that's a steal. Yeah. I, I The thing for me is I I just don't know where he fits into their offense. I don't think he does. Yeah, like I said, besides coming off the bench. But I mean, but then the other thing is, do you think he'd even want to leave Brighton? No. Why? (laughs) Right now, the way Brighton, Brighton, I feel like have a good project going on. I wouldn't want to leave that that team. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's all going to depend on Brighton. Do they tell him yes? We want you to stay. We're working on a contract. Okay. Then you sit and wait. If they don't. And they're radio silent. I mean, Spurs is an enticing offer for anyone that's been playing for a team like Brighton for a while. He's on fire this season. I think I just, why go from playing all the time to sitting on the bench all the time? Tottenham yeah, are if he's good enjoying going football. forward. I don't think Tottenham need him per se. Yeah, I think I have to agree with you there. I just, again, he'd be a great pickup for free. Yeah, I agree. But, and then the other rumor I had, just because you had mentioned it in a previous show, was Sergio Ramos now to El Nasser to join Cristiano Ronaldo in Saudi Arabia. I thought yeah. that was funny. I saw that. You 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 nailed that one, my my friend. Well, I mean, he's not getting any games or getting any younger. I just, I can't. Sergio Ramos and Cristiano Ronaldo is a romance made in heaven. <laughs> Those two love each other like brothers. What a way to for Sergio Ramos to end his career than to be playing in the league, making money, sipping Mai Tais in the desert, getting spoiled, while Cristiano Ronaldo does sit-ups next to him in a beach chair. Just saying. I think it's the, it's the perfect way to end a career for him. Much better than going to the MLS and having to put your body on the line all the time, playing in shitty weather on fake grass. I I just think that's so much better deal for him. Yeah, 
But those are all the rumors I have for today. Yeah, and I mean, we'll see what tomorrow holds, but for now, that's that's all I got as well. All right, so thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate you all tuning in. Make sure to check out all of our socials, Bruise and Banter FC on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Join our Facebook group. We love our Facebook group. People, they we love all the the insights they give us, and hopefully we can give you guys some insights as well. And, you know, it doesn't matter which club you follow. Go ahead and hop in that group. It's called Bruise and Banter for a reason. We love to banter. So oh yeah, make sure you join that. And Also, we open up a Redbubble account. Make sure you check that out. We have merch coming out. So you can get your Bruise and Banter gear. And, I yeah, I think I that's all be. we got for today. Yeah. Yeah, you got so, your gear? <laughs> I'm gonna. But till next time, cheers, my friends. Cheers. Good night, everyone.